Hello, City Church. This is City Church Together for Friday, April the 8th. Today in our daily Bible reading, we're going to be in 1 Thessalonians 5. 1 Thessalonians, born and raised on the playground is where I spent most of my days slapping the rock. You know how it slapped a rock? It's biblical. Moses got angry, hit a rock. Got in trouble for it, too. <clears throat> All right, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. About the times and the seasons, brothers and sisters, you do not need anything to be written to you. For you yourselves know very well that the day of the Lord will come just like a thief in the night. When they say, Peace and security. Then sudden destruction will come upon them like labor pains on a pregnant woman and they will not escape. But you brothers and sisters are not in the dark for this day to surprise you like a thief. For you are all children of light and children of the day. We do not belong to the night or the darkness. So then let us not sleep like the rest, but let us stay awake and be self-controlled. For those who sleep, sleep at night. And those who get drunk, get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be self-controlled and put on the armor of faith and love and a helmet of the hope of salvation. For God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up as you are already doing. Now we ask you, brothers and sisters, to give recognition to those who labor among you and lead you in the Lord and admonish you, and to regard them very highly in love because of their work. Be at peace among yourselves. We exhort you, brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle, comfort the discouraged, help the weak, be patient with everyone, see to it that no one repays evil for evil to anyone, but always pursue what is good for one another and for all. Rejoice always. Pray constantly. Give thanks in everything, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Don't stifle the spirit. Don't despise the prophecies, but test all things. Hold on to what is good. Stay away from every kind of evil. May the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept sound and blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful. He will do it. Brothers and sisters, pray for us also. Greet all the brothers and sisters with a holy kiss. I charge you by the Lord that this letter be read to all the brothers and sisters. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. That is the word of the Lord from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. All right, let's take the um, first part of this and highlight, and we'll let the rest of we'll let we, what we learned from the first part of this sort of pick up all the rest of the verses in this because I think the first half of First Thessalonians chapter 5 is probably the one that people are um, most interested in, even though I might say that the first half of it is the one that Paul, who wrote the letter to the Thessalonians, um, would say, actually, what I'm saying here is don't make this the part that you're most interested in. Anyway, we'll get to that. So, um, where I want to center is, uh, or highlight if we stick in here journal fashion. All right. Um, what are you wearing? Oh, here journal. That's here journal fashion. He says, for you yourselves know very well 
that the day of the Lord will come just like a thief in the night. When they say peace and security, then sudden destruction comes on them like labor pains on a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. All right. Um, what in God's name is happening in those verses? All right. Well, let's uh, explain them. Okay. So um, first, notice how this how chapter 5 starts out. Um, Paul writes about the times and the seasons, brothers and sisters, you do not need anything to be written to you. Okay. So this is your classic. And now for someone who needs no introduction and then I'd like to give you David, Jacob, Michael, like, I thought you said he needed no introduction. Why are you introducing this guy now? You know, that's what's happening here. I don't need to write anything to you guys about these things. And then he writes about these things. Okay. What is Paul saying there? Um, Thank you for that rhetorical question, Trevor. What Paul is saying there is, I don't want your focus to be on these things. In other words, you don't need more instruction about the day of the Lord. You have enough. And then and then, sort of he goes, but, you know, uh, in order to set you up for this next part, I am going to explain a little bit, okay? So what Paul is doing is talking about the day of the Lord. All right, to understand the day of the Lord um, you really, it's really helpful to understand the way the day of the Lord is spoken of in the Old Testament, which comes up in many places, uh, especially many of the prophets. Joel is one of those guys. This is what the day of the Lord will be like. The day of the Lord is the day of judgment, but it is not, ju- it, it's kind of a, um, it's not just judgment like God coming in and saying, it's time to bring destruction. The day of the Lord is also the day of renewal of all things. And obviously, anytime you're making something brand new, you've got to get rid of what is old and worn out, okay? And in the case of new creation, you're getting rid of everything that is broken by sin, and you're renewing it. Um, And so the act of judgment, or the act of judgment is not just saying what what needs to go, it's also saying what needs to stick around. And that's why... In this case, for those who are made new in Jesus Christ, this is very good news, obviously. Um, and what I, I, I want us to pay attention to these two metaphors, these two word pictures that Paul uses, because I think they're very helpful. All right. First, he says, when the day of the Lord comes, he says, it will come like a thief in the night. Now, the thief in the night analogy is not applied to what we would call believers, Right. In other words, for a believer, the day of the Lord should not come like a thief in the night. Well, how does a thief in the night come? Okay. Rarely, even though most of us lock our doors, I would assume. Um, if you don't say your address really loudly out loud right now out your window, okay. Um, but most of us lock our doors at night, not because we expect a thief to show up. We could, we know that one could, but none of us sort of go to bed at night thinking, I think tonight might be a night when my house is robbed, right? In other words, the day of the Lord coming like a thief in the night means, and he works this out here, that to unbelievers who say, who have this false sense of peace and security, everything's okay, even though you can look around and observe that the Ukraine is been, has been invaded by Russia, that inflation is at an all-time high, like... You, we can see the breaking down of the world all around us all the time, okay? And the, the, scripture, uh, the scripture describes these as labor pains, right? So 
even though non-believers, people who have not been enlightened to the kingdom of God, who don't know who Jesus is and what he's doing and are not followers of Jesus, um, even though they can see those things happening, they have a false sense of peace and security that they try to spread to everybody. No, it's okay. It's okay. Everything's going to be okay. Everything's, oh, how do you know everything's going to be okay? Well, it just is because everything's going to be okay. Um, there's more to say there about the false sense of peace and security, but I'll leave it at that because we're going back to this metaphor. So what, what Paul is saying here is that for non-believers, the day of judgment will come like a thief in the night. In other words, I'm not expecting it at all, and then bam, it's going to hit. I'm not expecting it at all, and then it's going to hit. All right. However, he uses this other metaphor for a pregnant woman in labor pains. Okay. Now, a pregnant woman, uh, if a woman is pregnant, very rarely does the woman not know she's pregnant all the way up until the time there's labor pains. Therefore, you go for a long time, or I suppose nine months exactly, or is it 10 months? Uh, whatever the human, 40 weeks, I guess. So you go for 40 weeks knowing generally, I know about the time that a, um, a woman is going to have this baby, um, but I don't know exactly the time, but I do know about the time. In other words, I know that she's pregnant. I know what eventually will happen. I just don't know the exact time. So it doesn't matter how much of a pro you are about pregnancy. You can't pinpoint exactly when labor pains are going to start. And you will be going about your life doing things like eating, drinking, taking walks. Um, even though you know in your head and your heart, we're going to have a baby. The labor pains still take you by surprise. Okay, So that's the difference. For a non-believer, a non-believer is not expecting the day of the Lord, the day of judgment, to come at all. But a believer expects it to come. She don't know when exactly it's going to be. When is God going to return and make all things new? When is Jesus going to come back and make all things new? Okay. Paul's point in that is, yes, it's going to happen and this is what it's going to be like. But notice that he shifts. He doesn't spend a lot of time. He doesn't pull out charts. He doesn't, you know, have a picture of like a helicopter and a tank, you know, with a question mark and then pull off and uh, look who the Antichrist is, you know. It's whoever is the presidential nominee that you don't like. You know, that's, that's not where he spends his time, um, which First Thessalonians actually talks about the um, Antichrist. Instead, instead, where Paul spends his time is what should, and listen to this, church, what should the character of the people of God be like as we await what we know is coming? And specifically, how should that be different from those who expect or, or those for whom the judgment, the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night? How should the church be different? And you notice the things that he says. Like he brings up the, what, what comes up multiple times is self-controlled. Uh, verse 7, let us be self-controlled. He talks about dark and light, day and night. And he's saying, look, if you are one of the people of the day, if you're one of the people of the light, you live a life that is self-controlled. He's like, at night, people go nuts. Like, I, I have never seen whiskey dicks packed during the day. I've honestly never seen it packed during the night because I'm just not hanging out at Whiskey Dicks a lot. Um, for those of you who are not from Murfreesboro, I don't even know if Whiskey Dicks is still in existence. Uh, but Whiskey Dicks is a saloon club thing, okay, that has a, whatever. That's, I just said a fact. Okay, 
So they, that's happening in Murfreesboro. But the, the sort of carousing, the drunkenness that he's talking about here is like, that stuff always happens at night. And so it's a kind of metaphor, but there's also a truth to it. It's like, you know, people look at you weird if you're drunk, you know, at nine in the morning, which is evident in the book of Acts. So um, he says, let us be people of the daytime. In other words, we know if, if the kingdom is pregnant, in the day of the Lord, we're going to experience labor pains. We just don't know when there are. Here's, here's the way you conduct yourselves. Look at this. Self-controlled, verse 9. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, that's verse 8. And then um, uh, verse 11, okay? So I'm going to be self-controlled, and I am going to encourage one another and build each other up, as you are already doing, okay? Encourage one another and build each other up. What we read to finish out the chapter now gives us more of what kind of character do we have as we await the day of the Lord? Well, we have the kind of character that says that we are going to warn those who are idle, I-D-L-E. In other words, not working, not doing something, complacent, okay? We're going to comfort the discouraged. Oh, no, like for the for the people who that message of everything's okay, don't worry about it, like that's starting to fall flat because you're starting to really deal with some of the suffering and the brokenness in the world, we're going to comfort those people. What are we going to comfort them with? We're going to comfort them with the gospel, that Jesus Christ is Lord, and the day of the Lord will come, and he will make all things new, and you can be included in that, okay? We're going to help the weak for, you know, the, the people for whom the brokenness of the world is particularly affecting um, and look at this. We're going to be patient with everyone. Okay. So, uh, a couple more things. You're going to pray constantly, rejoice always, and give thanks in everything because we are confident, we are confident in God's will for us in Christ Jesus. We're going to, verse 19, not stifle the Spirit. In other words, we're going to be really attentive to what the Spirit is leading us to do and saying. And we're going to not despise prophecies, but we're also going to test all things. In other words, we're going to listen, but we're also going to test everything with Scripture. We're going to hold on to what is good, and we're going to stay away from every kind of evil. All right, so what's the big message? What's the application? The application here is, one, acknowledge the brokenness in the world. Like what we don't want to do is be with the nonbelievers who are saying, give any false sense of peace and security. Oh, just pretend like nothing's happening out there in the world. Uh, just sort of buffer yourself and get you a nice house and uh, make sure your television program and your listening habits are all crafted to give you the narrative that you're going to be okay and go out and buy and consume and make yourself comfortable, all right? We don't want to fall into that on one hand. Uh, we don't want to ignore brokenness, but we also don't want to be consumed by the brokenness. This is what sober-minded means. The brokenness of the world does not have me running around in anxiety, but I also don't have to live in a sense of constant telling myself that nothing's wrong, everything's peachy. That's what it means, and that's the kind of self-control we're exercising, and in that, all of these other things minister to people as we comfort the discouraged, as we warn those who are idle, um, and as we, on one hand, hold on to what is good, stay away from what is evil, as we listen, we don't despise prophecies, but we also are checking everything we hear with Scripture, all right? Um, so, be self-controlled. I mean, don't freak out, but also don't act like everything's okay. We know, we know that we're pregnant with the day of the Lord. It is coming. We just don't know exactly when it is. But you know what? When it does surprise us, when the labor pains are there, 
as, as the people who are in Jesus Christ, the church, we don't have to be afraid of the day of the Lord. The day of the Lord is a new, is new creation, and that is wonderful and beautiful. And until that time, we can invite others to participate in that new creation with us. Tell them about Jesus. Invite them to be a part of your life. Let that self-controlled, praying, giving thanks, rejoicing constantly, comforting the discouraged, helping the weak, warning the idle, and being patient with everyone. Give that away to people in the meantime. All right, City Church, let's respond to that in prayer. Our Father, thank you for showing us the way. Thank you for being the way in Christ. Without Christ, we do not have an answer to brokenness. Without Christ, we do not have a day of the Lord to look forward to. We only have the day of the Lord to dread. And I can understand why someone would try to talk themselves out of the day of the Lord. Because without Jesus as Lord, the day of the Lord is scary. Lord, make us feel that for our friends and family. Help us to open our mouths and our lives to share Christ with people so that the day of the Lord becomes a comfort instead of something that we dread that we have to pretend like it's not there. We want to, we want to be surprised by labor pains of a, be- a pregnant woman having a baby, a beautiful thing, a painful but beautiful thing. We don't want to be surprised like a thief in the night where you really were never expecting and then you wake up and everything's gone. So Father, give us an urgency but also a patient, grateful, rejoicing, self-controlled urgency. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. All right, City Church, go and multiply the gospel.